AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Before you get into weekend mode, we've got some ground to cover on today's free-for-all. Engine development, the farm bill, reports from the road, economy and interest rates, Russia, Ukraine, and China. And we'll see what else the team wants to talk about. Settle in. Let's get this thing rolling. Live from the last morning lap of the week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's our Friday for Reaper Hall. Panelist Tyson Redpath, the Alberta Breeze. Sean Haney returns, and I'll pipe in as needed. Right after the news, Jennifer Scheich from Farm Journal's Pork. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now, welcome back, the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Laurie. All right, Davis. Yes, I had safe travels back to the bunker yesterday. Outstanding. Every, everything was pretty much on time and, uh, yeah, safely arrived. So it's, uh, what, what a great week. It, it, it's just, uh, you know, rejuvenating. And mm-hmm. I, I talked about it, it right at the end yesterday or, uh, on Wednesday. It, okay. It, it was an optimistic group and okay. Good. to be, a, to be around optimistic people that are looking for the, for the next opportunity to jump on. Mm-hmm. is really really cool as long as it's genuine right okay sure if it's i'm putting a smile on just to have a smile on yeah that gets pretty old yeah I can't Dude, use I, it. No. yeah i i thought about it on the way home more about you know about that and it was genuine it is genuine optimism that this group generally shares about the direction of agriculture and the opportunities that are out there for us uh to all take advantage of so really really uh uh that's that's what recharges your batteries and i'm i'm home with a full charge man ready to go Oh boy glad to yeah. hear it well that, i feel like that optimism is well placed there there are a lot of good things being kicked around that yeah. uh could directly uh help out agriculture in the uh yeah. in the medium term shall we yep. call it yep yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely and you know what we we have to track and follow what's going on with the farm bill, okay? Yep. That that has to happen because you've got to be in tune with that. But it's down the priority list for this group. Okay. It, because it's it it's not the government supports or the process that they are looking at to support their business going forward. It's the opportunities that the marketplace is offering. I like those. That. Those are what what makes this group optimistic and and i'm not i am not downplaying the importance of the farm bill i'm i'm not but for this group it is down the priority list a bit a bit they they they're keeping close tabs on it but it's it's still very interesting okay buddy let's go ahead and get started what you got sure thing well let's start with the farm bill the push to get a farm bill across the finish line this year could run headlong into the partisan fight over budget cuts versus raising the government's borrowing limit House Ag Chair Republican G.T. Thompson will likely be seeking more money for a farm bill at the same time his party demands new spending cuts from the White House. 
our uh, farm families need immediate action to address skyrocketing input costs, uh, supply chain uncertainties, and other challenges. We need this administration to stop its irresponsible regulatory action and the majority to stop fueling the fire with out-of-control spending packages and haphazard policy. And it does hmm. look like our friend Man- Randy Feenstra made it back onto the Ag Committee. G.T. Thompson yes. made a, a special uh, exception. Waiver. I'm not sure what he did. A waiver. waiver. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so that uh, Representative Feenstra from Iowa can stay on there. Uh, Sean Haney had a conversation with Joe Outlaw from Texas A&M University this week. We're, I think that's where we're going to start in Great. the conversation in the free-for-all. Well, industry economists expect the harvest of a large soybean crop in Brazil in the next 30 to 45 days, a crop of at least 150 million tons versus 129.5 million last year, is guaranteed, according to hmm. their research. Ag Resources' final yield estimate in Mato Grosso is 60.3 bushels per acre. Apparently, there will be yield loss in the far south, but yield gains in Mato Grosso and surrounding states will more than offset any yield hits. But there is very little doubt among those experts a massive Brazilian soybean crop will be available to the global marketplace in the coming weeks. Yeah, if you it, you can get a full report on it. Go back and listen to Monday's uh, Monday morning's uh, yep. uh, AgriTalk, and we had the conversation with uh, the director of Ag Resource Brazil on Monday morning. So. The highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak is causing a short supply of eggs, leading to higher prices for consumers. According to American Farm Bureau Federation economist Bert Nelson, the key factor is the inventory of laying hens. Avian influenza has really affected now just over 58 million birds since it began about a year ago in February of 2022. Egg prices have skyrocketed recently with the national averages up right around 49% from last year. So consumers have been paying, in some cases, nearly double what they had in past years. So what's causing the rise in egg prices? Really the decreased layer inventory due to avian influenza. That's the primary factor. Chip, in other news, personal spending in the U.S. dropped 0.2% in December, worse than market forecasts. Consumer spending is cooling due to higher interest rates and prices for goods and services. And as the holiday season wraps up, top House Democrat Hakeem Jeffries says he is open to talks about federal spending with Speaker Kevin McCarthy, but first wants to see Republicans' proposal for reductions. Uh, Russia reacted to news that Western tanks would be sent to Ukraine for Germany and the United States and other allies by both downplaying the decision and threatening Ukraine and its allies. A Kremlin spokesperson noted, quote, the potential it gives to the Ukrainian armed forces is clearly exaggerated, saying those tanks will burn just like any others, Chip. Yeah, yeah, obviously we will discuss that on the free-for-all as well. All right, thank you, Davis. Let's bring in Jennifer Scheich, Farm Journal Report. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. So you made the trip up to Iowa in the Pork Congress. Uh, tell me about it. What'd you learn? Oh, it was a it was a great week. My head's spinning. I thought, how do I narrow down what I learned? But a few things that stood out to me. Okay. Um, PIC was showing off their new digital phenotyping technology, which was a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing where they basically are being able to use cameras to watch pigs move and then being able to make some decisions on robustness and longevity based on that digital phenotyping. So that's kind of some cool technology that's up and coming that I've been watching over the years um, at the university level. 
uh, also had a really good conversation with some chefs about about pork on the menu and on the retail shelves and how it's doing and found out some cool statistics about how how well pork does when you give people ideas for how to use it actually there in the meat case and and help them buy all the stuff that goes with it and um the demand has has really been looking pretty good especially you know as we've talked before in the grinds yep jennifer you're flashing me back to the old porkettes my mom was my mom was (laughs) on the the county porkettes and she'd go to high v and bring in samples of of pork and how to use the product that's in the meat case it's a fantastic way of selling the product Oh, absolutely. And it really, it really has been getting some good attention this year. And, you know, we also had a good talk and I'll, I'll report more on this on porkbusiness.com later, but about the situation with ASF and Hispaniola and how things are going. And admittedly, uh, it was brought up that they're not making as fast a progress as they were hoping, but, um, you know, they're going to be fighting that disease there for some time to come just because of conditions. Gotcha. Porkbusiness.com. For more on that coverage. Great stuff, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That is Jennifer Scheich, the editor of Farm Journal's Pork. We're going to get this free for all going next. Sean Haney, Davis Michelson, and Tyson Redpath right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by Golden Harvest. The foundations of a successful season begin with Golden Harvest Game-Changing Corn. Find your hybrid at GameChangingCorn.com. Yeah. Had a travel day yesterday and back in the bunker and ready to go on the free-for-all. Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. Sean's been out traveling around uh, as well. Sean, welcome back. It's good to talk with you, my friend. Hey, it's great to be here, Chip. Yeah, I I was on the road this week. I actually just got back from Minot, North Dakota late last night and uh, ran into a lot of AgriTalk fans. So uh, that was great. So big uh, shout out to the Northern Pulse Growers Association for uh, having me as a speaker at their event this week. It was great. Fantastic. We're going to start there when we after we get the rest of the group in here tyson redpath principal at the russell group tyson welcome it is good to talk with you again good to be with you chip back the cincinnati bengals who day are back in the afc championship so go bengals Uh, you know i gotta dispute you there tyson i I, I don't know about that (laughs) i don't know about that we've got a brand new sports ball fan 
That's right. (laughs) Mahomes' ankle is fine. He's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And, of course, you've got a new 49ers fan here uh, with with Brock with Brock Purdy, the old Iowa State quarterback at the helm. So uh-huh. there you go. I've been I've been through a lot with the Bengals, so you can't you can't criticize no. me for being new. Oh no, no, no. I remember that from last year, okay, Tyson? Yes, I remember. I remember. Well right. I'm a I'm an absolute fair weather sports ball fan. So if the Chiefs don't get something done here this weekend, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> at least at least until fall. I'm a I won't free pay agent. any attention. That's right. I'm a free agent. <laughs> All right. And, of course, Davis is here for the conversation as well. Sean, let's start with your trip to North Dakota. Um, what did you learn? Well, I, I think what I learned is that there's a there's a big opportunity for the increase of pulse crops, chickpeas, lentils, field peas in in the northern plains um there's a lot of interest in it you know people are looking to diversify that crop rotation they see the demand for plant proteins they see what's happening up here in western canada and i i I think they're looking at you know seizing the opportunity to to uh, expand production um but the overriding factor in all of that honestly chip i heard a lot about the weather There, there needs to be some rainfall in in parts of uh, Western North Dakota and uh, for sure in Montana uh, across the entire state. There is. I took the train, so I got a good look at the countryside and yep. uh, from the, from out the Amtrak window. And there, there's a lot of snow on the ground, um, but obviously that that area is so dry, it, it's definitely going to need some uh, some spring rains for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, one of the things that I've noticed recently. Uh, when you look at the expansion in the crush capacity, the we call it soybean crush capacity. Those that are investing in it don't call it soybean crush capacity. They call it oilseed crush capacity. And it's it's because they don't want to limit it to just soybeans because soybeans, yes, there's a good amount of oil per acre, but there are crops that can bring more oil per acre to a crush facility than soybeans, and they want to keep their options open on stuff like that for, as as we b- rebuild or build up the renewable diesel market, right? Yeah, it's canola. You know, yeah. if you if you talk to crushers, they'll tell you that canola is a preferred feedstock because of the crushing efficiency that it provides on a on an oil basis. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of soybeans around, so soybeans are definitely going to play a part for sure in the renewable diesel. We we just saw a massive investment. Uh, by Imperial Oil up here in Edmonton, Alberta, $720 million. They're going to build Canada's largest renewable diesel plant. Once again, a signal that Mm. big oil is big time on board here with renewable diesel, sustainable aviation fuel and alike. Oh, go ahead, Davis. That that leads me to a question. I mean, the the DOE, Department of Energy, just announced, uh, what is it, $118 million in funding for projects? Um, to to encourage production of biofuels, if the if big oil is already doing that, what are we spending the money on this for? Boy, that's a great question, Tyson. <laughs> well, um, I think I think a lot of those projects are are more advanced. Anytime you see the Department of Energy come out with grant announcements, the DOE really specializes in very advanced technologies and. Uh, I, you know, look, I think it's I think it's an effort by the Department of Energy to continue to further diversify the renewable fuel supply. Yeah. Um, 
And look, I, I would say uh, governing all of this is we're going to need an RFS that has more capacity in the D4 category and the D5 category. What do I mean by that? The biodiesel categories and the advanced biofuel categories that reflects those additional investments in renewable diesel because the proposed RFS that came yep. out in December really puts a lot into cellulosic. And most of that is intended for ERENs, RENs generated from uh, fuel sources that are going for electric vehicles. So we've got to get, I think, a rebalance in the RFS when it's finalized to to really allow for the continued growth in renewable diesel. Yeah, Chip, another point here is, you know, canola, You there's winter canola, there's spring canola, a lot of versatility there. And, and, and so there's a real opportunity once, just like I talked about the pulse acre, yeah. there's a lot of opportunity here for the U.S. to expand its canola acre. Canada is going to have a hard time getting over 22 million acres uh, because, right. you know, we're, we're hitting a threshold when it comes to tightness of rotation and disease issues when it comes to black leg and club root as we, as we try to constrict that rotation more. So you, you think about like Montana, the Dakotas, Nebraska, Kansas, like Oklahoma, like there, there's a lot of acres in the U S that adding canola wouldn't be a massive stretch. So uh, this is something I think we're going to see change. Uh, there's a lot, you know, I, I, where the top is, I, I'm not really sure, but there's definitely going to be demand there if this renewable diesel thing comes to fruition. Like uh, obviously uh, these companies that are investing hope it does. And I'm looking at EIA's distillate stocks, which we're entering year two now of stocks desperately lagging the five-year average national supply. I wonder where some of these, uh, renewable diesel and biodiesel and whatnot uh, might help fill in those gaps or a greater concern would be is do, or is it just a lack of refining capacity where'd our distillate go where's the diesel we've talked we've talked about that with uh with jordan fife uh we've talked about that a little bit with phil flynn uh but the the diesel stocks i mean we're it seems like every other industry is moving away from just-in-time delivery, but diesel. But diesel, diesel is yeah. still walking that edge very, very tightly, and and yep. it, uh, yeah, any relief that we can bring to it, I think, would be would be welcome. Um, Tyson on the on the RFS and the support for the cellulosic, and this, you know, this additional funding from is in support of cellulosic. A couple of things. Number one. It seems like if it was if there was enough energy in the feedstock to make diesel out of corn stalks and corn cubs, it would be being it. It we would have figured it out by now. Number two, by supporting that with with uh, with with an allocation in the RFS, doesn't it just dilute the REN market for for corn based ethanol? Well, remember, you know, each of the REN categories have their own unique nesting properties. Yeah. And so I, I would pick up on your last comment. You know, the the D6 category, the ethanol RENs, you you know, you're you're going to use for your ethanol obligation. Um, you know, the D4, the the biodiesel RENs, the advanced biofuel RENs, the the lower you go in the number from D6 down to D3, 
you know, you can use those, you can use those RINs for multiple categories. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't think it's a dilution of the ethanol mandate. I don't ship. I think, I think the real issue is going to be where is the space in the biodiesel and the advanced biofuel category okay. for your listeners. That's the D4 and the D5 categories. Where is the space going to be for renewable diesel? And will there be enough space for that renewable diesel and for, you know, what I would call traditional biodiesel? Biodiesel. Yeah. That's where that's where the rub comes in. And and I tell you what, the 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 biofuel conversation uh, was interesting at top producer seminar, especially since we got word that uh, GM is making nearly a billion dollar investment in new engine technologies and about 850 million of it is going to the the next small block V8 the internal combustor, combustion engine and not to the EVs there's only like 60 some million in investment on the EVs now there have been previous investments on the EVs and battery technology that outstripped the new the the, the new gas powered uh, engine technology but hey that that is a recognition that fuel is going to be around for quite some time so we just need to track this and see how it goes okay haney get ready we are going to talk about your conversation with an outlaw next here on agritalk to produce higher yields and greater value at harvest timing is everything Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, we've still got some mixed trade going on in the wheat market, but uh, corn and soybeans under some light pressure. What's going on? Yeah, really quiet trade here to finish out the week, Chip. Just uh, two-sided price action and, and not much conviction either to the upside or the downside. So, uh, you know, spreading actions going on, uh, just a little bit of corrective trade. Uh, um, you know, soy complex, uh, soybeans are lower, like you mentioned. So is soy oil, uh, but the meal market's higher. So uh, we continue to see that spreading action uh, be pretty prevalent uh, within the soy product markets. Okay, very good. Now, Tell me about why we've got a little bit of strength in the wheat market, the HRW in the spring. Yeah, well, uh, you know, very cold temperatures are going to be moving yep. in uh, this weekend and next week. And and uh, snow cover over much of that area. But but I think that uh, HRW, um, you know, is being supported by the, the concerns uh, about winter kill potential and those types yep. of things. Now, really difficult to get the market too excited about that at this time yeah. of year, um, you know, even when it does get bitterly cold. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move over to the livestock trade. We still got February lean hogs under some pressure. 
but the back months are showing some strength, some real strength. What's happening? Yeah, well, they had bullish reversals yesterday, and and uh, the cash index is up again today. Uh, the premium that February hogs hold to the cash index is holding that front month contract back, but those deferred contracts are starting to show uh, signs that traders believe the seasonal low is at least close, if not already in now, and, and uh, so much better price action there after an extended price slide. Uh, cattle markets, they're relatively quiet, uh, slightly firmer tone in most of the contracts, but uh, all in all, just not a whole lot of trade going on there to close out the week. Good stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you on Monday. That is Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady, Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk and the free-for-all. We've got Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio, Tyson Redpath uh, from the Russell Group D.C., and, of course, Davis Michelson. Haney, when when um, when you were on the road this week, you ran into an outlaw, <laughs> Dr. Outlaw, uh, from um, Joe Outlaw from Texas A&M University. He's, he yeah. sure doesn't seem very optimistic about getting a farm bill done in, in 2023. He does not. And he points directly at uh, some of the same cast of characters that created a lot of grief for Speaker McCarthy are going to create grief when it comes to the farm bill was his product prediction. He doesn't think it's going to get done this year. He just doesn't see it happening. So you know, I, I'm interested, Tyson. Do you do you agree with that prognosis? Uh, what what are your what are your thoughts on being able to achieve the timelines, or will there be an extension? So I think a couple things. Uh, number one, um, w- we all have to remember what is past is prologue. Okay, the 2018 farm bill and the 2013 effort both failed on the floor of the House of Representatives. So this sort of fantastical view that 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 farm bills are are immediately and sort of automatically bipartisan and they're easy to get done. That just has not been the case for the past decade. Right. All right. You throw into that the new house rules on cut go, which says that over a one year and over a five year budget window, any new spending in mandatory programs of which. There are several in the farm bill. Any new spending, you're not just simply going out to find a revenue raiser or revenue offset. You have to cut an equal amount for whatever new you're going to spend. Okay, so it, it is going to be because it has been very challenging in the House of Representatives. My, you know, my view, I think the Senate needs to take a leadership position. I think the Senate, we all need to remember, doesn't have to live by those same uh, rules of debate. Uh, and we'll see. Um, I, 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 I do think, and let's not forget, the last two farm bills have also had short-term extensions. Yeah. So um, now, by the time we're voting for a president in a new Congress in 2024, mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll have a farm bill. Okay. Okay. So the new spending... 
Uh, where exactly is that in the farm bill, Tyson? Well, I mean, if you, if you think about just the current farm bill, what, what the Congressional Budget Office does, Chip, is they, they project out. They assume current law. They assume what we have on the books today mm-hmm. for a 10-year budget window. That 10-year budget score right now is $1.28 trillion. This is now a trillion-dollar farm bill. Now, it's largely driven by a trillion-dollar SNAP program. That's not intended to be divisive. I'm just laying out the facts for your listeners. Nutrition spending is now 84% of the farm bill. So, you know, uh, the mandatory program spending chip to, to your question is largely in the commodity title, the conservation title, a little bit in the trade title, uh, and then certainly the nutrition title. That's just, that's where the money is. So is so, that, don't we the need commodity, to see the-, the, the commodity title side of things, it is that I've not heard a whole lot of talk about an effort to raise the reference price other than or reference prices other than kind of an assumption that that effort's going to be made is is it going is that going to happen well are is that asked of me i there have yes. been groups uh that that are talking about that i think largely to look at because of we we've, we've been through a, a period here of higher input costs mm-hmm. uh yes higher commodity costs inputs have gone up too right you look at the entire price continuum, everything has gone higher. Yes. That's why we're in an inflationary period, right? right? So there has been some discussion about do are are those reference prices right sized to reflect this higher price continuum for everything? Um, but but you're right, Chip. If 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 you're going to raise those reference prices, there that that would be an increase in in mandatory spending. And so you're gonna, yeah. you know, you're gonna have to find you know, something else pursuant to those cut go rules, at least in the house of representatives, at least in the house of representatives, that's, you know, the case. But to that same thing, doesn't the, the, the the overall pot of money here have to get bigger? Like we're never mind just raising the, the, those reference prices, but you know, we, we went through this whole discussion here in Canada as they, Figured out the new Canadian egg policy framework was, you know, the pot of money hadn't had an increase for a, a large number of years. And, you know, it, it takes more to float the boat. And, and so doesn't that need to be a, a part of this discussion is to make this pool, this pot bigger? Well, it, it has grown. <laughs> it is bigger, right? Um, uh, again, largely driven by some programmatic changes made to the SNAP program, the thrifty food program increase cost of living adjustments for SNAP, it, it has gotten bigger. Um, I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, the 2018 Farm Bill, actually the, the, the score of the 2018 Farm Bill compared to the 2014 Farm Bill was actually a little bit lower. Yes. But, mm-hmm. um, but the, the current CBO projections, it, it, it has grown. It's bigger. I mean, it's, it, is, it, is now, it now has a, a trillion dollar price tag. Wow. The, the one of the other interesting points that outlaw made is that just the massive increase in comp- conservation programs yeah. outside of this in the inflation in, reduction in, act yeah absolutely um and 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 in one of the the and this is quoting him you know he, he said to me one one of the big fights we're going to have this time on the farm bill is this whole question of additionality 
if, if you're someone paying for carbon credits, I want to make sure that I'm getting the bang for my buck. That's from the company that, that's purchasing them. Uh, in terms of new sequestration, this is what this whole fight about additionality yeah. is all about. So we're going to have a whole lot of producers finding a disc somewhere and disking up land. So we need to figure out something about that. Uh, you know, and this is back to the question of making sure, you know, farmers that have been engaged in some of these no-till practices, what is the compensation for them for doing so over the last number of years, not just rewarding those that are late starters. So, uh, and, and one of the, it's, one of the questions for an additionality is, on the international stage, this is where all this is coming from. You know how, how what counts towards sequestration and emissions reductions, and what doesn't, and and a lot of the focus is on on the new, not the old. Oh yeah, yeah. It 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 absolutely is. It, the focus is on the new, and I, I've been tossing around the idea of some sort of a Pied Piper payment for those that went early and now have followers in their area. Okay. Those are the people that are doing the educational efforts to get others in their County or in their water district or whatever to follow along and do some, some similar things. Now I, you know, I have no idea how you would establish that, but it, it, those that have done it for a while need some sort of compensation or, like you said, the tillage is going to come out, Sean. Absolutely. It, yeah. If, if that's the only way that you can participate is to, is to till it all and start over. I, don't we call that farming the program? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how that all comes together. I really don't. Um, Tyson, when you what else on the farm bill and and on the conservation side? I don't want to want you to shy away from that jumping in, but uh, it seems like it seems like if there's going to be a, more money needed for Title One, with all of the conservation dollars that have been spent outside of the farm bill, is the conservation title someplace that you can look at in the farm bill to do some cuts? Well, look, the Inflation Reduction Act, as you mentioned, Chip, added almost $19 billion uh, of what we call plus-up spending to four conservation programs. Um, it's it's going to be up to, you know, Chairman Thompson, Chairwoman Stabenow, uh, Ranking Member Bozeman, Ranking Member Scott, to, to look at all that. I mean, uh, it's, it's not lost on everyone here in Washington that, yeah, that is where new farm bill program spending went outside of the farm bill. Let me just also, you know, bring up another point. We've also spent an excess of $80 billion in ad hoc emergency assistance, yep. disaster assistance since 2020, Jeez. over 80 billion. Look, none of that well, at least we don't think. Now, look, all of this is subject to change. I think good minds are working hard to see if some of that conservation spending can be counted in the baseline. Good minds are working to see if some of that ad hoc disaster assistance payment can be um, included in the baseline. But you got to factor all that in because right now, all of that ad hoc disaster assistance, market facilitation, CFAP payments, all that stuff we've talked about before, Chip, right now, that doesn't necessarily count in that farm bill program spending. So as, as, as Davis, I think, was saying, well, 
doesn't the pot need to grow? Well, in some respects it has, in many respects it has, you just don't get credit. You know, you don't on your credit limit, you just don't get credit for that. So, Um, okay. So if you look at the, if you look at the IRA and you look at the ad hoc spending, has the farm bill lost its importance? Oh, I don't think so. The farm bill is very much because it's more than just that, right? It, yeah. I think it is a blueprint for our food policy, our, our agriculture policy. Uh, no, and and for 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 many folks, right? This is a signal of the importance of rural America still to yeah. our national republic. So, to, I think and, it's still and to important. national security, I think that's that's a great point right there, Tyson. All right, we're going to be back to finish up the free for all next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Welcome back to Agritalk and the free-for-all on this Friday morning. We've got Sean Haney, Real Agriculture, Real Ag Radio. Tyson Redpath, who is a principal at the Russell Group DC, and Davis Michelson, of course, is with us. Okay, so at the at Top Producer Summit this week, I hosted or moderated the final panel and we talked about global grain flows it was fantastic had matt roberts from terrain uh had uh steve freed from adm investor services and we had uh uh ambassador kip tom uh also an indiana farmer in the 2007 winner of the top producer of the year award with us and we we talked about what is happening in Russia and Ukraine and the impact on global grain flows going forward. And the the thing that concerns me the most, you guys, is there is no there there is no consensus on when this might conclude, when Russia may wrap up this, and every year that it continues, and I mean every year that it continues the reliability of grain out of the Black Sea region is lower and lower and lower and lower. Tyson, this is an issue that that uh, has has the potential to impact hunger in in you know import reliant countries in Africa and the Middle East and and so on. This is this is heady stuff. Yeah, it does. And, and again, you know, I do think food security increase, increasingly is going to be a focus. You know, we were just talking about the farm. Yeah, I think that's what got both, me here. Yep. Both, 
yeah, both domestically and internationally, we've we've got to really take a close look at food security. You know, Chip, it, <clears throat> international uh, geopolitical uh, issues and warfare are certainly not my expertise. What I can just tell you, sort of what it what it feels like, I guess, is what we all say today is it feels like in Afghanistan. It feels like a, a, a Soviet um, long-term, uh, uh, you know, invasion of, of Afghanistan where, you know, uh, the Soviets were too proud to withdraw uh, yep. even after it became clear that, that a victory in the truest sense was not going to be possible. It's just, it feels like that. It just feels like it's going to be a prolonged occupation by Russian forces in the areas that they occupy and they've sort of fought to a draw. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's terrible. I, I not celebrating that in any way, but that's just what it feels like. Yeah. And, and, and so the question, cause it, I agree Tyson very, very much. Um, the question is, is it, it's a draw provided that countries continue to support Ukraine with uh, you know, artillery, we're talking tanks this week. Um, you know, if, if that backs off or that just, you know, if the, if the U S for example, just said, you know what, we're not doing it anymore. Nope. This is like, we're just pumping too much money in this. We got to look after ourselves. You know, that is something that really disrupts the balance of, of, of power there. Yeah. Um, and and I, I hope that doesn't happen, I guess, is my 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 comment. Absolutely. To that. Well, and one wonders if I don't know, I'm totally just speculating here, but I, I think what Russia is really doing here is got its eyes on two separate regions, the Donbass being one of them. What if Ukraine just said, you know what, go ahead and annex those. It's fine. Does that end the conflict? I don't know. I don't know the answer hey, to that. I I don't know the answer to that. Would they keep because... going and say, you know what? No, we don't want these two regions. We want the entirety of Ukraine yeah. now. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it has its stated purpose uh, of, of rebuilding Russia and the, the Soviet Union. I, I mean, even if, even if Ukraine goes, does that stop? That's a good question, too. Yeah. And, and, and if Ukraine was going to give up that region, wouldn't they have already done that? I would yeah. think so. I would think so. Yeah. Like, you can, you can make this stop, so, and here's how, you know, give up this, this group where the ethnic Russians live or the, you know, those who identify yeah. with Russia. Let them have it, and we're done. Yeah. Everything's right. fine. I think we need, to pull out, we need to pull out some of our World War II history and, and sort of learn that sometimes where we think someone's going to stop, they don't really stop. So, exactly. you know, pull out the history books. Yeah, you exactly. get a little momentum so, going. Yeah. So, of course, the question then came up from the audience. Uh, well, what happens if China does make the move on Taiwan? Well, the, the, the Matt and uh, uh, Matt Roberts and Steve Fried said, well, you know, it's such a huge demand uh, grew or it's so much demand represented by China. It would be a negative for the grain markets going forward. And then Ambassador Tom raised his hand and blew my mind when he said, you know, we talk about China and Taiwan all the time, but look at the weakened condition of Russia. Look at their population trends. Look at what has happened to their military might in this battle with Ukraine. What if China makes a move on Russia? That was a question from Ambassador Tom. Um, everybody in the room 
everybody in the room looked at the at the screen because he was there yeah. virtually. Everybody, I turned around, I looked at the group, and everybody was looking at the screen like, "Our what, what?" Well, and here's the here's the thing, Chip. I talked to Chris Bennett yesterday about the backfire of the of the population controls yeah. that the CCP has had on it. When we talk about them playing the hundred year long generational game, they don't have a hundred years probably with right. uh, you know to be the strength that they are now. That might yeah. push them to do something sooner than later. Yeah, so very fascinating what is, question. Because what, because what would be the reaction from you know, if that was to happen? What would be yeah, everyone when else's he, when, reaction? When the rest of the world yeah. has to start picking sides. Yep. Yeah. Okay. How how does that change things up? Now, what's the big reason and the long term goal or the the long term reason for doing something like that? And Taiwan and South Korea and and it's a labor force. The labor force, <laughs> natural resources, because proximity, natural all resources. Of that. All of that. They are losing. It's the the consequences wow. of past policies yep. may be forcing their hand sooner rather than later. I'm just going to leave it at that <laughs> and give you all something to think about for the weekend. Isn't that <laughs> something? Positive note. <laughs> yeah. Attaboy. Outstanding, Tyson. Thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, Chef. Good to be with right. you guys. Go you bet. Sean Haney, take care. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, Davis, Thanks, we'll talk to you this afternoon Can't right wait. here on AgriTalk.